This sermon is brought to you by Shofar Christian Church. We hope that you will be blessed by this message. Our audio and video sermons are also available on Shofar TV to download and share. Awesome. It's so good to, to be here this morning. And um, I had a, a familiar spot that I would worship in, in that corner. Um, the breeze is amazing, but I, I think it's the Holy Spirit in that corner. So if you, you're missing out, you've got to go to this corner here. But um, no, my wife and I were in this church for many years, and um, sorry, I'm opening this for a moment. And it's so good to visit family and to see a lot of familiar faces. I even see there's some family from Limpopo here. Welcome, guys. I see from Zanin and Polokwani. Um, Pretoria is a popular place over a long weekend, but it's so good to, to be here. Um, I've got a, a word on my heart that I want to share with us this, this morning that God's been sort of leading me in and, and, and showing me, and I really feel it's for us um, this morning as well. And so before we start, I just want to pray and that God will prepare our hearts just to receive from Him this morning. Father, we just come before You, and we look to You. We, we thank You that You're the one we've come to to meet with. Lord, come and speak to us through your word and your spirit. Come breathe life into us, God. And we ultimately want to come and surrender unto you. Lord, thank you for the worship this morning and the time we could just have of entering into your presence and you speaking to us. Lord, continue to do that. In Jesus' name, amen. So I have a Example. Uh, I'm going to ask, I, I was sitting next to Joe, I just met him. Joe and Francois, I know well, they can come up. Francois actually knows what's going to happen. So it's a, it's a very simple example, but J- Joe doesn't know about this, but he's going to be the one trusting. So Joe, if you could come here, thanks for volunteering. Give me a hand. Thanks, guys. <laughs> um, so Joe, Francois knows about a trust test. You guys know the trust test? Please, um, just want to mention to you, Joe, that you mustn't fall forwards. It's a backwards fall. I've seen a few of these fails, and it's not good. So I want you to stand here for a moment, just in front, face this way, sideways. There we go. And you can lift your arms. So to trust, you also need to close your eyes, okay? Francois is going to stand right behind you, just to catch you there. Okay, Joe, thanks. You can fall for us. Wonderful. Okay, that was awesome. So you trusted. We're going to just continue. Um, when you're ready. Okay, this man is trusting. Okay, um, you can go, Joe. I, I'm going to have to explain this example to, to individuals. Um, I probably should have got someone that uh, is f- good friends with someone else and gives them that last little bit. And often what I wanted you to see is uh, where usually, and we've done a few examples of this, usually at the last moment, Someone pulls out. They lift their leg to catch themselves because there's just that element of, I don't know if I completely trust you. (laughs) I'm a bit afraid (laughs) that I hit this floor. But Joe, you trust him. You really trust Francois. You can walk a a mile with him. But the reality is we do this at times, and we even do this with God. We don't realize it, but I want to address this even in our, our own journey with God this morning, how at times we... We say we trust God to a point. And I want us to look at Scripture. And unfortunately, what we do in times is we, 
we project our, our experience through people. We've trusted people at times, and they've disappointed us. Right? Unfortunately, man is fallible, but God is not. So we need to look at this this morning and, and say, okay, God, I want you to re- realign my understanding of trusting in you, of trusting in you and Often our experience can't be that. We have to let God's word define that and shape it for us. So we're going to look at that this morning. And um, You've been doing a journey through your church at the moment of of knowing him, growing to know him and uh, intimately. Because we don't want to just know about God in our heads. We want to know him in our hearts. We want to walk and and have a journey with him. All right, and we're going to look at that. So I've looked at this trust example, and our view is often skewed of how we trust Him. And uh, I don't know all of your journeys. I don't know where you are at in, in your walk with God and how you're trusting Him at this moment. You saw my picture up there earlier of it's a beautiful surrender, and really that's what it comes down to is us surrendering unto God. That's the place, and you'll see as I unpack this morning, and I want to give us a picture of why we should trust God and how we go about that. So what does surrender look like in your life? Joe was demonstrating it now to a very small extent what surrender looks like. But what does surrender look like in your life? And this is not just surrender unto another man, but it's unto God. What does that look like? I want to give us... A few passages, and this morning we're going to look at Jesus, because Jesus actually surrendered. All right, He surrendered unto the Father, and He's called us to do that as well. Let's read together. You can follow with me, or in your Bibles. In Matthew 26, verses 39, He went on a little farther and bowed with His face to the ground, praying, My Father, if it is, if it is possible, let this cup of suffering be taken away from me, yet I want your will to be done and not mine. Your will to be done and not mine. So we see this was just before Jesus was going to be crucified and he's in the Garden of Gethsemane. He's praying. He's crying out to the Father. But he comes to this point where he's surrendering. He's surrendering unto the will of the Father. He's bowing before him and he's choosing not his will, but the Father's will. In doing this, I want you to take note of that he was, it was not his will, but it was the Father's. When we look at just a bit further, what is God calling you to surrender? What has he already spoken to you about that you should be surrendering? I was at a wedding yesterday, and it's so amazing for me how people are, can be so distant from God and desperately know that there's more to life, but they're not willing to let go of their lives. They're not willing to surrender. They hold on to everything they have. They cling to it, but they desperately know that there's more. And it's so, so sad for me because I was sitting at this table and just sharing with a whole bunch of strangers what our lives actually are called to be about, and it comes down to surrender. We have to surrender our will unto the Father. And we see it here in this passage. In Galatians 2, verses 20, I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life 
I now live in the flesh. I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Jesus gave himself up. We see as Paul's writing to the Galatians. And it's so important that when we look at this, that our lives and coming to surrender is us giving up our lives. It's surrendering our lives and living even in our flesh. We're still flesh, but we live by faith. Our lives are based on living it out with the faith that we have in Jesus Christ. It's built on this revelation of Christ. You know, it's very difficult. I can even speak to you this morning, encourage you, and share scriptures, but if God doesn't touch your heart and move something in you and that you have a greater revelation of Jesus' sacrifice for you, you will not surrender any less. You will not deny anything more of yourself. Because, unfortunately, we are lovers of self if we are not lovers of God. So God loves us this morning, and He's calling us. He's actually inviting us. He's drawing us to trust Him. But there's a benefit in this, and I'm going to share this with us, because a lot of us, not a, not a lot of us want to give up and surrender unto God if we don't know what we are going to get in return. But that's where trust comes in, where we can trust Him. The call to give up our lives, and in Matthew 16, verses 25, if you try to hang on to your life, some other translations say cling. Cling to your life. You will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. You know, I, I counsel a lot of people and we have a lot of coffees and we chat. And, and often it comes down to this place where people really, you're only living for two things. You're either living for yourself are you living for God? And it's reflected in your decisions. It's reflected in the way you choose every day to live. So God is going to maybe challenge us. I, I, I want to not apologize, but mention that maybe God's going to push on some buttons in your heart this morning. Just allow Him to challenge you. So we, we try so hard to control and manage our lives. Often when I, I, I chat to people, the first thing they'll say is, I'm very busy. <laughs> and we're usually very busy with managing our lives, <laughs> organizing ourselves, taking control. It's hard to let go of control, is it not? It is hard. A lot of our decisions and our lives and some of the things we, we do, it revolves around us, ourselves satisfying ourselves, our will, our way. And God's inviting us and He's calling us to a place where our time, our talents, and our treasures are handed over unto Him. Often our, our time is our most precious thing. We don't realize it. But as you get older, you'll talk to people with a lot of money and a lot of success in life, and time is often the thing they wish they could have more of. We came even through this morning that our time is short. Our time is short. It says in Scripture even it's but a vapor, and then it's over. So it matters with what we do with our time. Our time is precious, and God knows that. 
but it's also his time. Our talents, all of you are talented. Man, this worship band was amazing. I don't know where you guys are, but this was great, guys. So thank you, thank you for that. It was awesome to worship with you guys. And a lot of us have different talents. We're talented in the abilities that God has given us. Maybe you're an excellent business person. Maybe you're a great teacher. It doesn't matter. We've all got these different talents, and we need to hand those over unto God. Our treasures. This is often something... Like, I don't have a box of treasure at home, do you guys? But our treasure is actually what's closest to our heart. Eh? And unfortunately, at times, it's, it can be finances or even the car you drive. It doesn't matter what those things are. Whatever it is, whatever that you put the, the blank space in, what your treasure is. Maybe it's even that perfect marriage or, I, I don't know, striving towards that. There's nothing wrong with wanting a great marriage, but... That can't be your goal. Your goal must be to glorify God with that. Amen? So we want to use our treasures, our talents, and our times to glorify God and not for ourselves. We are not our own. We've been bought with a price. We're not our own. Our lives are not our own once we come to know God and know His presence in our lives. I want to just pause for a moment and I want you to think. Just close your eyes actually for a moment. What would it look like in your life if you had to surrender everything unto God? What did that look like? What did that cost you? What decisions would you have to make that would change? And I'm not saying that you aren't in that space. But feel, feel what that would feel like. Allow God to stir in your heart what it cost Him. And let it move you to a place where you realize, God, I need to surrender. What do I need to surrender? You can open your eyes. and Our life is made complete when we live it with Him in it. All right? A lot of us can get so busy with doing life and living life, and there's nothing wrong with the good things in our lives. It's just that they can't be the priority. They can't be the main focus. I want to mention here that we need to stop living for the opinions of others. That we are so concerned about what other people think about us. It, it changes the way we do things the way we think about things. It might be your parents, it might be your friends, your colleagues. They say certain things around you and that influences you more than what God has said about you. And we allow so many things to lead us in that direction. We need to stop comparing ourselves. The reason why we need to do that is it steals the joy. Even in church, it steals the joy of what God is busy with in your life. Each of you are individuals that God is significantly working in. Don't compare yourself. If I had to compare myself to Tian playing guitar, I was like, oh man, never. But that's not what God has called me to do in this season. I'd love to play guitar like that, but I can't. And those are even good things, but we easily compare ourselves. We need to surrender that. 
Say, God, I don't care what people think about me. I care about what you say about me. That's what matters. You know, we program to become self-sufficient. I've got a little, a year and four month old, and she, she's very independent already, but she, um, we want to train her to, uh, now to, to use the potty, okay, because it helps. <laughs> As parents say, you'll understand that. But the reality is we have to train her to do that, okay? And we self, we programmed, each of us are programmed, and even through our schooling, through our universities, through our parents, we've been programmed to become self-sufficient. Sort your life out, man. <laughs> Haven't you heard that? Get on the page. Do, what, do whatever you need to do to be self-sufficient, successful. That's what our whole world is driven towards, the way of thinking, the way our media conditions us. And it's not to say that we shouldn't be these things. It's just that we become so reliant on them that we don't even make space for God. That we actually move in a place where we think we're in control. And that surrender is such a difficult place. Because our whole lives we've been conditioned that it's my way. I'm going to do it this way. And I'm going to control the outcome of this. But God actually invites us to trust Him. Lay down your self-sufficiency. Become dependent on Him. You know, you might be a very successful businessman or entrepreneur. or any, It doesn't matter. And often we do those things and we think that we've achieved something. We think that we, you know, we've, we've arrived. And often those places and spaces are things that we, haven't even, we don't even recognize God for. But He's given us the ability to do that. He's given you the opportunity and the ability to do that. So you need to acknowledge that and say, God, without you, this would be impossible. We're so quick to become prideful and to think that it was our own effort. We should trust the Lord. And this is my main passage for this, this morning. And I'm going to spend some time on it with us that I really be, believe God wants to restore our view and trust unto God. And it's a passage that's very well known in Proverbs 3, verses 5 to 8, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him and He shall direct your paths. In verse 5, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Not part of your heart, all of your heart. God has called us to trust with all of our hearts. Lean not on your own understanding and in all your ways, not some of your ways, all your ways, acknowledge Him and He shall direct your paths. You know, I feel there's, even when I come to Pretoria, I feel there's such a drivenness around the city here and almost a heaviness. I want to agree with what Yaku said at times, that there's a heaviness that even is sitting on the city of of anxiety, of fear, of not knowing what's going to happen in the future. And this word is for you to trust in the Lord. Not to lean on your own understanding, not to lean on what the media says around you, but to trust in God. To know that He will direct your path. To know it. The word, and I want to do a bit of a word study. I don't do this very often, but I came 
across this in my study Bible, and it's good to have study Bibles. I want to encourage you to, to work your way through one, but the word here, ways, in verse 6, is, is anyone's name that's Derek here? Any Dereks? Okay, but this word is Derek, which means to direct, all right, to direct your path, a course, or more specifically, a recurring opportunity, Derek. So that's the word ways. So it's a recurring opportunity. And I like to see it like this because today is another opportunity. It's a recurring opportunity. Tomorrow is another opportunity. So I'm going to phrase it this way to help you maybe, but may our ways reflect our days. Because in doing so, it's a recurring thing. We have a new day tomorrow. We have a new day today. And I'm going to attach these two words now together where it says, Acknowledge the Lord in your ways, or your ways, acknowledge Him. The word acknowledge here in Hebrew is yada. Yada. Isn't it beautiful? Yada. To know God intimately. To know Him intimately. To know His presence intimately in your life. God has called us to know Him intimately. Yada. It's a first-hand experience. It's not something someone has told you about. It's something you know. Someone you know. You have an intimate connection. It's the same word we use when we talk about a, a husband and a wife in Genesis. When they come together to be one flesh, there's yada. There's intimacy. There's a knowing. This is, the, this is the knowing God wants us to have when we acknowledge Him in our ways. When we acknowledge Him in our ways and we walk in intimacy with Him, He will direct our paths. He will lead us. Because a lot of people are saying, I don't know what to do. I'm so afraid. I'm so confused. I'm so anxious. And we've even got bumper stickers on our cars that say, trust God. Isn't that great? We often say it to people. Oh, you're going through a difficult time. Trust God. Okay. But what does that look like in my life? How does that actually play out? You can say it to me, but it has to be born in a place of intimacy with God. You have to be walking in intimacy with God. That is where you experience direction. God will direct you, but you need to walk in a place of intimacy with Him. You need to trust God. It's a life-giving intimacy. You know, I want to share a bit on how we, we grow in that. and It's really when we maintain, because it's something that we're not good at. I'm just going to put my hand up there first. <laughs> we're not good at maintaining yada. Can we just acknowledge that? Because that's the only way it gets better. Is when we say, God, I'm not good at this intimacy thing, but I really want to be. I want to walk intimately with you. I want you to direct my paths daily. So when we take this in context of Proverbs 3, God promises, He promises to direct us when we walk and we acknowledge Him in an intimate way. So it's so important that we do that. The next verse in verse 7, it says, do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It will be health to your flesh 
and strengthen your brothers. I want to read this whole passage just in, through the New Living Translation. I love how it's highlighted something here. In verse 5, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. And in verse 6, it says it, seek his will in all you do. Seek his will in all you do, and he shall show you which path to take. So in a place of intimacy, we are seeking his will. Isn't that what Jesus did in the garden? He came to seek the will of the Father. Not my will, but your will be done. I surrender unto you. I trust you. I trust you, Father, that no matter how difficult the suffering is that I'm going to go through, I trust you. You know, we're going to go through some suffering. I don't want to say it. We'll speak it over the church. But we need to be able to embrace suffering and understand that God is trustworthy. He's trustworthy even through the suffering, through the difficulty. He is the one who trusts. He holds our life in his hands. But when we know that, when we're in Yada with him, we can go through those dark places. We can go through that struggle. But we need to be at that place. I found this quote, and it's sort of summarized this nicely on just intimacy. You know, I can sit next to one of you in a chair for two hours or three hours, and there's no intimacy. All right. Well, I could sit next to you every day of my life, and there will be no intimacy. But I have a friend in Australia that if I had to call him now, we'd cry together talking about the things that God does in our lives because we have intimacy, because we trust each other. The distance isn't the problem. What's happening in our hearts, that's where intimacy is birthed. And it's the same with God. God is not distant. He is right close by us. We just need to acknowledge that. We need to acknowledge that it's not a distance thing. It's the condition of our hearts. That he wants us to know his intimacy. We cannot be intimate with a person you do not trust. You cannot. You know, and I just want to pause here for a moment. Not in a sense to, to highlight man, because we acknowledge God and what he's doing in this church. But I want to hold before you that you can trust your leaders here. You have good leaders in this church. I want to acknowledge Philip and Janeta and Jaku and Arna and the, their leadership team. God has put them over you and that you can trust them. You first trust God, but we, I, I can tell you that they are seeking God's kingdom and the best for you in this church and that you can trust that God will use them in your life. All right, we need to sometimes trust people. We have to choose to trust people. We trust God first. But then we do need to trust people so that we can grow in intimacy with each other. We can share the journey together. Because if we don't open up, if we don't share the journey, then we're alone. And God wants us to walk together. Trust is at the heart of intimacy. I'm going to read this quote for you. I, I love how people often say things better than I do. And that's okay. But I'm going to read it and I'm going to get it to, through to you guys. So trust is at the heart of intimacy. The more we trust someone, the closer we let them get to us. The degree to which we trust is compromised in a relationship in the, in, oh, sorry, in the, in the relationship, 
is the degree to which int- intimacy evaporates. Sure, I messed that up. But the reality is that we need to trust God. And when we don't trust Him or we have, there's a, a break in our trust, intimacy starts to evaporate. I hate that when I don't trust God and the intimacy between Him and I starts to evaporate. I've got to get back to the place of God. I'm sorry, Matt. I need to be at the place where I'm trusting you. I'm walking with you. I know you're close. I know you're close. I'm going to read another piece and see if I can get this one right. This is as true for our relationship with God as it is with relationships with people. Our experience of God's nearness and distance is not a description of His actual proximity to us, but of our experience of intimacy with Him. Scripture shows us that God is intimate with those who trust Him. We see it in Scripture. We see it throughout Scripture. Excuse me. (laughs) I can ask my church mates here in the front that are visiting that I often have to grab a tissue. The waterworks are, are happening, and it's part of this intimate journey I am on with God. I've embraced it. <laughs> so Scripture shows us that God is intimate with those that trust Him. Don't we want to be people that trust God, that walk intimately with Him? Think of Abraham. Think of even Jesus. Think of the people that did great things for God. They walked in intimacy, and they trusted God completely. God asked them to do crazy things, but they trusted Him. Let us be people that trust God. The more we trust God, the more intimately we come to know Him. The more intimately we come to know Him. And in doing that, we need to surrender. We need to surrender unto Him and say, not my will, but your will be done. In preparing and just praying this week, I really felt even as I was driving over Tom Jenkins here. I grew up just over the hill here, and I was reminded just of how God really wants to come and restore trust in Him this morning. I feel there's a lot of you that you've, you've had the wind knocked out of you, and God wants to come and refresh and restore you, but you need to set your trust on Him, not in your situation, not in your plan. Stop trying to make a plan. Stop trying to make your own plan and lean on your own understanding. But come in a place of intimacy and say, God, I need you. I trust you. So how do we do that? How do we seek him? How do we make sure that we're at that place where we're intimate with him? And I've got a few points for us that I just want to highlight through scripture. A lot of things that you know already, but the reality is we need to be reminded of these things. We need to actually do them. (laughs) We actually need to practice them. We need to be still. We need to be still and we need to know God. And in Psalm 46, verse 10, it says, Be still and know. This know is the same yada. Yada. To know intimately. Not know about in your head, but to know. To know in your heart. To know God. Know that I am God and I'll be exalted among the nations and I'll be exalted in the earth. We often are so busy striving to solve our problem that we aren't able to take that moment to pause and be still and say, Lord, I need to hear from you. 
I need to be directed by you. I need to trust you in this moment. When God does speak, we need to be obedient. We're often so quick to pause. Okay, God, I heard you. We're, we're, are we, we're, we're close now, but I'm going to do my own thing. If God leads or speaks to you, do that thing, man. Be obedient. It's our love language to God. Walking in obedience, saying, I will follow you. Not my will, but your will be done. I surrender. It's when we do that that he can take us from here to there. Without being obedient, you're only there. <laughs> we need to continually seek him. You know, sometimes we have these amazing quiet times or time spent with God, and we're just like, wow, that was crazy. I just want to be here the whole day. And then the rest of the week, you don't spend time with God. It's like, that's weird. You know, top up the cup and then you leave. We need to do that daily. We need to continually seek Him. It says here in 1 Chronicles, Now set your mind and your heart to seek the Lord your God. Not just your head. We don't want to just have a head revelation of who God is, but a heart revelation. We want to know Him. We, we sometimes so easily want to fill our minds, and it's not bad spending time in the Word and good books and all these things, but we need to know Him, man. Knowledge puffs up. Let us draw near in intimacy, surrendering, being obedient to even the Word. Humility is essential. In Psalm 10, verses 4, in his pride, the wicked man does not seek him. In all his thoughts, there is no room for God. Man, when I read this passage, I was so challenged. That sometimes my brain is so busy trying to sort out and plan things that I don't even include God. I don't even make space for God. That is pride. That is moving and acting in a way of pride. And you need to say, God, I'm sorry. I want you to lead my way. I want you to direct my path. The, the thing about this is humility is a difficult thing because pride is something that often we can't even see in our own lives until God highlights it. And then usually we're broken. <laughs> God, I'm sorry. <laughs> but can we just be at that place where we're willing for him to expose our pride in our hearts? Often we're so afraid to ask that question. God, am I prideful in my heart? Am I prideful towards you? Or even those around me that are, are walking the journey with me? Do I think I know better? God, lead me. Show me. In Psalm 27, verses 14, it says, Wait patiently for the Lord. Be brave and courageous, yes, Wait patiently for the Lord. Often when we come into the space of drawing near to God and being intimate with Him, allowing Him to lead us, we enter that space or we're trusting for a breakthrough, or we're trusting for Him to move or to say something or to lead us or to bring peace, but we're not patient. We're willing to make the decision, but we're not willing to be patient in it. This morning, I really want to encourage you that what does that look like? What does patience look like? 
Wait. 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 You have to let God move. You can't do it in your own ability. You can't just acknowledge him and then move out of that space. You have to know that you're being moved by him. It's in the intimate space and place of acknowledging him that you are patient. Trust in him. It's not easy. It says here, it encourages us. Like, be brave and courageous. No, I can do that. But wait. Often we want to do the brave and courageous part where God is actually, he wants to move. He wants to do something great. But we're not willing to acknowledge that. We want to do it in our own ability, our own strength. Wait patiently. I feel that's a word for a few of you this morning. That God is he's challenging you to wait. Wait patiently for him. We've got to continue to do this. We've got to be earnest and diligent in seeking him. In Hebrews 11, verses 6, it says, But without faith, and there it is again, it's impossible. It's not our ability, but trusting in God. Without faith, it is impossible to walk. I'm reading out of the Amplified, yeah, walk with God. He says, there's that intimacy, that journey, yada. Walk with Him. Without faith, it's impossible to walk with God and please Him. Whoever comes near, draws near to God, must believe that God exists and that He rewards those who earnestly and diligently seek Him. There's this patience thing element again. Pushing in, going deeper, digging in to God, trusting Him. Trusting Him completely. You know, we're going to go through some challenges and stuff. Trials and tribulations, it happens. We go through difficult things. But God's faith enables us to trust. When we don't have the ability to actually trust in God, we need to have faith. We have to have faith because that faith enables us to trust in who God is and who he says he is through the difficult times. We have to look to him. We have to trust him. And we have to continually receive the grace to walk in trusting him. Because it's not in our own strength. We even think that it's our decision to trust. God gives us that ability. You might be thinking, yes, I'm going to trust more. God needs to give you that ability. Say, Lord, I surrender. And in that surrendering, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to choose to trust you. The wonderful thing about this is that there's a promise in us seeking God continually. In Psalm 9, verses 10, and those who know, again, yada, know, we need to know him, know your name, put their trust in you, for you, O Lord, have not forsaken those who seek you. God doesn't forsake us. Continue to seek him. Trust, trust in his name. In 1 Chronicles, if you seek him, he will be found by you. Isn't that beautiful? That if you seek him, he will be found by you. I want to invite the band, or Tian, or anyone up. We're going to pray just a bit into a few of these things. And 
I want to encourage you that we need to grow in this, this space of intimacy. But more so, it only comes out of a place of surrender. Completely understanding that God is in control. He's not confused. And I, I feel there's some hearts even here this morning that God is actually going to come and refresh, restore their trust in the Lord. Because you've been at a place where you've been trusting and hope, or hoping, I wouldn't say trusting, but hoping in a change. But you haven't been trusting in the Lord. You haven't been drawing near in intimacy. You've really been trying to make your own way and plan. And this morning God's saying, come back to me. Come back to the place where you can trust me. That you can know me in Yada. And that I can lead you and direct you. So I want us to stand. just as our eyes are closed, because this isn't between you and man. It's not about the people around you. God is speaking to our hearts. As our eyes are closed, you can bow your head if you want to, but if your eyes are closed, that's fine. I just want you to focus on God. and Actually, just allow Him to speak into your heart now through morning's message and I believe he's probably highlighting some areas in your heart in your life that you need to surrender unto him that you've been trying so hard to try and control that he wants to invite you to surrender unto him it's a beautiful surrender because he's right there at the place where you surrender unto him He's faithful to meet you in that place. So I want to invite you, those things that you're even thinking about now this morning, invite you to, as a sign, to open your hands unto the Lord. If you feel comfortable to, just to say, Lord, I'm here to surrender unto you. I'm tired of trying to do things in my own strength and ability. I need you. I need you to trust in you. Just pray quietly. Pray to God. Share what's on your heart with Him. I sense there's a few people this morning where God's highlighting that really what you're this is a difficult thing to recognize but that you've been moving in a space of pride where you believe your way is better than God's way and you just need to acknowledge that this morning it's not that God is keeping you at a distance but your pride is separating you from Him and He wants you to simply to draw near to acknowledge that you can't do it in your own strength. You can't do it your way. You need to do it His way. So right where you are, just say, God, I'm sorry. He's there. 
Just surrender your heart unto Him. Say, Lord, come have your way. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. some here this morning where you your trust has been broken either by a past situation or another person has influenced your trust in God I believe he's inviting you this morning to come back to him to set your heart back on him to trust him to forgive that person to put that situation aside and say God I don't even understand why this has happened in my life. But I'm choosing to trust you. Because you are not a man. And you do not lie. Your ways are everlasting and do not corrupt. And my heart is soft. It's even hurt or has been broken. But I know that you want to restore it. You want to restore my trust. Just acknowledge that before him. Our Father, we just thank you that we can draw near to you this morning. That we want to have yada with you. We're sorry for being busy and occupied. We want to draw close to you. We want to know your ways. We want you to direct our paths. We don't want to have our own plan. We want to acknowledge you in every step of the way, even when we can't see where it's leading. We set our hearts on you. We set our minds on you now. We thank you, God. I thank you that even as we do that, God's peace is coming. It's coming to rest on us. No matter our situation, he's resting on us. to worship now if there's anyone that feels that they need to pray with someone maybe you need to just acknowledge something and you need someone to pray with you please come to my right hand side here we'll have some facilitators that will pray with you or if there's someone around you just say pray with me don't leave this space without just coming together in unity and praying over a situation just do, do business with God and come to a place where you can surrender unto Him. Renew your trust in the Lord. Thank you for listening. Remember that our sermon audio and videos are also available on Shofar TV. Go to www.shofaronline.tv to download and share.